0: Hey friend, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I am so glad you're tuning in with me today. And today I have a really powerful story to share with you and I can't wait for you to hear it. This is one of the last of my 2020 Boston Marathon Mama Series and it's one of the most impactful. Today's guest knows what it's like to have many ups and downs as she goes after her goals. The struggles she's faced probably would have made most of us quit but she is determined and keeps fighting to achieve the dreams that she sets for herself. Wendy Braithwaite is a fluently bilingual, French and English, human resources professional who works full-time for the Canadian Federal Public Service. She's been married to her husband, who is also a marathoner, for 17 years, and she's also a mom to a beautiful and talented 13-year-old daughter who is a competitive all-star cheerleader. She's her pride and joy, and Wendy will always forgo a long run to attend her out-of-town competitions. She's also been known to do long runs on hotel treadmills. Anyone else? Oh, hotel treadmills. Gotta love them. Long runs? That sounds terrible. (laughs) A big part of her story is her diagnosis of MS. She was diagnosed with MS in 2002 while living in the majestic Canadian Rocky Mountains. MS was a shock. And with no family history, it was an enigma and a new battle for her to fight. She's had a difficult time in the beginning, but had great medical care and is stabilized over the years. Her main goal is to cross the finish line on Boylston Street one day, and she'd like to do another ultra, even though she said she never would do it again. She learned that you should never say never because otherwise you may end up doing exactly what you said never to. <laughs> and I've actually learned that lesson many times as well. Never say never. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals, His way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people also, you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. All right, well, welcome Wendy. I am so excited to have you on Red Hot Mindset today. I am excited to dive into your story. I think that this uh, this story of overcoming is really, really going to bless um, those listening, and I think it's really going to inspire them to get up and get going and to go after something that they thought was maybe a little too hard or um, you know just out of their reach, and so I'm really excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. You're welcome, but before we get going, I want to hear a little bit, will you just share with us a little bit about you and your family, where you're coming from? Sure. Um, So I'm Canadian. I'm currently
1: living in Ottawa, the nation's capital, and I'm married for 17 years. My husband's also a marathoner uh, working on his BQ as well. I have one daughter who's 13 and she's a uh, competitive cheerleader. So her extracurricular activities keep us busy as well. Um, I work for the Federal Public Service and started running in 2012 um, when the government was going through some pretty extreme um, workforce cutbacks and um, my, my day job is a human resources professional and at that time I was responsible for counseling and meeting with the employees that were affected by the workforce situation and it was stressful but you, you can't be you know, crying in the office with them. Um, I had to to be supportive and I had to be strong, um, provide information and, and be there for them. But at the end of the day, I was carrying a lot of burden. So I took up running. I just started running um, just short distances to begin with. Um, I worked my way up to a 5K um, within like three months. I think I did my first race. And the next spring, I did my first half marathon. I uh, I skipped over the whole 10K distance, went straight to half marathoning. And in 2015, so three years later, I did my first marathon. So I I, I didn't jump into it right away. And I know a lot of people just, you know, jump straight, but I, I think you have to respect the distance. And it's, it's not been an easy ride, but it's been a, it's been a journey, I think is the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So got into running, were you into sports when you were younger or, um, what was it that kind of appealed to you about the running?
1: Um, you know, I, I was in some sports as a child. I did, um, like, T-ball when I was younger, softball in high school. Um, I was never really athletic. Um, I always liked doing aerobic exercises, and I did that quite a bit in my, 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 early 20s and you know when I was younger Um, but I was never really an athlete Um, it was just running was something that I could do to to get away and to escape and and just be by myself but get out that physical exertion and yeah it just became a passion. I love it. I was the late bloomer to the running scene.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, that's okay. Hey, starting late is better than never. Right. And so, um, I don't think it's ever too late to pick up an activity or to dream big dreams or any of that. And so I think that's cool that you were late to the game, so to speak, but not really. Um, now it took you a few years before you ran your first marathon. What, uh, when did you decide, like, yep, this is something I want to do. And what was that first marathon like for you?
1: Um, I think um, when I felt that I was solid in the half marathon, and I mean, I certainly um, had been PBing all along, but I felt that it was time to take it to the next level. And I remember being at our local run club and and there was one day the, the marathoners were doing 29 kilometers that day. And I just went... That's crazy. That is just crazy talk. And the more I thought about it, the more I wanted the challenge. I am somebody who's who's very competitive with myself. I'm not really competitive with others, but I'm competitive with myself in in doing better and being better. And it was it was just a a goal. It was a, one of those bucket lists of I want to run a marathon. Um, so in the summer of 2015 I joined our, our, our running room clinic and had some great instructors who motivated our groups um, I trained um, with a fantastic group of people um, and we it was through the summer heat which was crazy I hadn't really anticipated you know running 29 30 32 kilometers in in crazy ottawa summer heat <laughs> um, but it was it was doable and the more the more we built up the distance the more it seemed achievable and the more uh it scared the heck out of me um, but again it, it was that inner challenge that i really needed to, to do um so i signed up for the uh, toronto scotia bank waterfront marathon in uh, toronto canada um, which touts itself as flat fast and festive um I didn't find it all that flat um (laughs) it was festive um and I was really inspired um because there's an out and back section along the waterfront in Toronto um and just the way I had paced um I was on an out and back with the elites and I remember that sense of getting chills and I'm I was about you know Eight kilometers in, still having quite a ways to go, and and it just gave me this surge of adrenaline, and you know, oh my gosh, I am running a marathon. It, it was just sort of an out of body, surreal experience. Um, that section of the course was pretty flat, so it was uh, it was good, um, and I um, I was piggybacking with uh, a pace group. There was uh, I was I was aiming for a four hour and the um, the pace bunny for the the run walk um, I was pretty much doing continuous I would stop for just uh, water stations and so we kept piggybacking um, they would go ahead of me and then I would pass them and then at about thirty kilometers I just got tired because they were in a pack and it was. <laughs> was frustrating um so at about 30 kilometers I'd had enough of the pace bunny and the pack of 20 kids that were uh you know chatting and and I was thinking are you guys not tired why are you because they were always chatting and talking (laughs) the whole time um so I i said I've had enough I'm I'm going to kick it up a little bit and I finished in 35537 and I was I wasn't like this is my first marathon I was a a newbie um and at that time I had thought the Boston qualifying standard was 35559 because they had changed it in 2013 I think um so I mean two years later I should have known better but for for about two hours I thought I had qualified and then when I realized I didn't it was this big bubble bursting but that really is what set into motion my my quest for qualifying um, was thinking that I had been so close Um, but then the other side of it is 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 you know breaking that sub four is a barrier that a lot of marathoners strive for and doing it you know, in my first go-round um was was something that really inspired me that if I could do that on number one, what could I do on subsequent? Um which is a whole other story in and of itself. But
0: (laughs) yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, breaking that four hour, that's something that a lot of marathoners strive for and they work really, really hard for that. Mm -hmm. And um to do it in your first go around is a really amazing feat. Uh, So you thought, Oh, I'm, I'm just off this qualification. Now I got to get there, but it took you multiple marathons Mm -hmm. to actually hit the goal. So can you tell us just a little bit about that journey and maybe some things that you did differently on the marathon that you hit that BQ?
1: Yes. Um, it's, it's kind of a complicated story. So there were seven more marathons um, in between number one and the, the marathon that I qualified at, uh, which was in 2018, um, I, I was plagued with injuries. Um, the, uh, the one thing that I, I hadn't mentioned, actually, which is a big part of my story, um, is I, I have MS. Um, So I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2002, um, which sort of adds complications to my running life because I'm easily fatigued. Um, I I don't have the same energy levels that, you know, kind of what I call normal people would. Um, And I have a bit of drop foot, uh, more pronounced on my right side, but also on my left. So it it just it takes extra effort to, to make each step count um and the drop foot also impacts my my gait so I I was plagued with injuries Uh, I had a marathon that I showed up at the start line with a fever of 102 um so that BQ attempt was like it was about two minutes before the gun went off before I realized this is this is not going to happen today and why are you even trying Um, so I just took that as a fun run. I, I ran it, it poured rain for the first two hours of it. So, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, I had some other marathons that were just fun runs that they weren't intended to be BQs. Um, my husband and I ran the Athens marathon in 2016, um, because my sister lives in Athens. So, you know, when in Athens, (laughs) we plan vacations around marathons. (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I ran, uh, yeah, I, I ran Philadelphia in 2017, um, after, uh, a previous fall one that had been my BQ attempt that just didn't materialize. Um, I ran wine glass in 2017 as part of my, uh, redemption year. So 2016, so the year following my, my first marathon was, was, I I had planned my trifecta. I was planning a half marathon in April, the full marathon in May and a 50 kilometer ultra in June. That was my, my plan. That was my goal. I trained very hard, um, all winter, I did a lot of treadmill kilometers because in Ottawa, we have lots of snow and lots of cold. And uh, my, my run buddies here know that winter is not Wendy weather. Um, so lots of treadmill, lots of treadmill kilometers. Um, and the Ottawa Marathon in 2016, um, uh, so I had run the half marathon in April. I PB'd it. I was fully trained up. And, and feeling really good i had, was starting a new new program um, so i hit the start line of the ottawa marathon um, feeling okay my training had gone well but i had had some niggles in the days leading up to the marathon and in the first kilometer um, i struggled and i was feeling something in my foot that wasn't good By five kilometers, I knew that it wasn't going to be a BQ, so had a little minor meltdown. Um, By nine kilometers, I was watching all of my friends pass me um, because I I was in so much pain. And then I DNF'd at 12 kilometers and um, had a friend pick me up, um, stood at the 35-kilometer line, so, all my friends passing me at thirty five kilometers as I'm standing on the sidewalk with crutches because we'd stop for crutches, um, was hard. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I found out that I had broken my heel. so i broke uh, I broke my calcaneus in the middle of the Ottawa marathon so my my year of the trifecta didn't happen my my fifty kilometer ultra. I watched. <laughs> so it was, it was a hard year. Um, I sat out the whole summer um, in a boot, resting my leg. Um, and I had four weeks to train for Athens. Um, so Athens was um, a nice country stroll that day. It was <laughs> slow as molasses. But I got it done and finished in the beautiful Panthenaic Stadium. And it's uh, it's a bucket list marathon for anybody. I, I can't... I. You have to do it once in your life. Yeah, it's sounds- um, So that led into 2000. It's, it's the, the finish line is like no other. You're running into the ancient Olympic stadium and it, it was breathtaking. And, and I, I, just thinking about it, I have flashbacks. And the chills of finishing and and so and I still uh, I still have the olive branches um that were given to me along the course by the locals that they they pass out all. So I ran with an olive branch uh in my hydration pack and I I still have it. And actually I was just dusting the other day and and came across it and went, like, oh. <laughs> Um, so 2017 was my, my year of redemption. I did do my, my half, my full and my ultra in, in 2017. Um, but I, I was injury plagued for a lot of the year. I dealt with a lot of uh, IT band issues. Um, and I just I didn't have a lot of strength. Um, I was very fit and I had, you know, my cardio was good, but I didn't have the strength that kept me injury free. Um, so I'll, I'll probably chat about that a little bit later, but, uh, strength, you can't overlook strength training, um, when you're marathoning, if you're looking for fantastic results, uh, they, they both have to be combined and I'm a, I'm a reformed, uh, strength training person now. Um, so 2017 was an okay year. Um, I didn't, I didn't hit my, my BQ targets. Um, just it was a hard year. Um, my, my dad was diagnosed with cancer in 2017 as well. Um, so that was, was a bit of a, a hardship of, of knowing it was uh, lung cancer, which, um, anybody who I'm sorry, not lung cancer, liver cancer. Um, So anybody who who has experience with liver cancer knows that it's, it's generally not a good outcome. Uh, So he, uh, he did well and he surprised a lot of doctors and we had a lot of hope in some of the treatments he had. Um, And so that led into 2018 Um, again, another training cycle my spring marathon um, didn't, didn't hit the time I wanted. I think my spring marathon that year was Ottawa, and it was stifling hot. <laughs> um, and you can only go with the training you have and the conditions you have on the day. And some days are meant to be, and some days aren't. Um, you don't always see it that way in the day and in the moment. Um, um, so dusted myself off. Picked myself up again, started training again for my fall marathon, um, which was Petit Train du Nord in St. Jerome, Quebec, um, which I'll, I'll have to put a plug in for that one once we're out of COVID world. Um, it's a beautiful marathon. It is a screaming fast downhill marathon in St. Jerome, Quebec in um, in early October. The colors are stunning it's a it's a gravel bike course and it's 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 beautiful it's 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 not very packed it's yeah, uh, I don't know great or I, I loved it I loved every minute of it um I struggled uh in the last 10 kilometers I hit I hit a wall um, and, and I was struggling with that in marathon number one, I didn't hit a wall and I don't know if it was just because I was competitive and I was pushing and, and, and my friends back home knew what time I was aiming for, um, which I learned after that to never do. <laughs> um, so, uh, in, in, in this marathon, the I I let the mental get the better of me and, and I I hit the wall in, in about 29, 30 kilometers. Um, So I had 12 to go and I felt myself fading. Um, I I dropped off my, my BQ pace and um, I just saw it slipping away. I still finished sub four, had a great time, but I was two minutes off of my standard two minutes and 41 seconds off of the open standard okay dust myself off pick myself up train into 2019 so just i i i never quit don't quit i i I sort of you know to quote i think it was miley cyrus can't stop won't stop love it
0: this episode is brought to you by my book mind over marathon overcoming mental barriers in the race of life If you feel like you just need a mindset shift because you are going after a goal and need some direction and encouragement, this book is for you. It will help you to ignite a passion and purpose in your life, clarify your unique game plan, and build confidence in who you are. At the end of each chapter are a quick faith devotional, thought-provoking questions, and a practical application that you can implement immediately. This book is about discovering a dream and taking it from inception to a flourishing finish. Running is optional. You can snag two free chapters at www.redhotmindset.com slash mind over marathon. Dream huge. And remember, you are a winner. Just run your race. Um, so...
1: 2019 um i really struggled with my ms in the spring i was having a, a pseudo relapse um so a pseudo relapse is really um old symptoms were flaring up my my lower limbs were were rock hard all the time so it really made moving at the joints difficult um it it they were fatigued within one kilometer. So if you can imagine running with a Charlie horse um, kind of all day, every day, (laughs) that's what it was like. So I dropped down to a half for the spring and just said, I need to get better. I I need to rest, relax and and not stress myself out over this. It'll come when it comes. Um, And then the Boston qualifying window opened in September of 2019. And I was in Facebook one day and I was, I don't even remember which group it was in. Um, and somebody had posted about the adaptive program and I had never heard of such a beast in my entire life. Um, so I looked it up right away. And the adaptive program is a program that the BAA has that allows athletes with physical challenges and and physical, I think it's eyesight you know, if you look at the you know uh, mobility impaired. Um so I looked it up and their qualifying standard was six hours and I went. Oh wow. And I looked at the eligibility, I looked at the eligibility for it and my my case, so to speak, qualified me in the adaptive program. So and I had a Two hour and two minute buffer on the standard nice. from my 2018 marathon. Um, and I forgot to mention actually my, the the Petit marathon that I qualified at. My father had passed away three weeks before that, um, so the last five weeks of my training were pretty non-existent. And the last five weeks are peak weeks normally <laughs> um, because I was dealing with you know I. Was sitting by his bedside. Um, we'd also had a, a vacation in Disney um, just before that. So between Disney and and being called home, um, it really. So I I didn't go into it with a lot of hopes. I still did well, um, but that day I really felt like I had an angel on my back. Um, I had a picture of him with an in memoriam sign um, that day. So I had a lot of inspiration from other runners who would give me a pat as as they ran by as they passed me. <laughs> um, so. So hearing about the adaptive program a year later and knowing that I had qualified at that race where I felt like my dad was with me and he knew that that was always my, my goal. It was just sort of meant to be. And I I get emotional talking about it because I miss him dearly. He was my biggest cheerleader. Um, But, you know, you have to go on and you have to chase your dreams. So I immediately called my neurologist's office. I sent the forms And um, her administrative assistant was so amazing because you don't think of doctors being very efficient necessarily. And I had the signed forms that I needed for the BAA within 24 hours. I I sent them to the BAA with my registration um, at the close of the first week before they opened up the second round. And within 24 hours, I had an email being accepted to the 2020 Boston Marathon. Wow! So that is so so cool. <laughs> it, was, it was it was a bit of a dream come true because I had been waiting and hoping and running hard and dealing with injuries, dealing with with mental blocks, dealing with all of the the personal hardship that I had dealt with trying to manage my disease, manage a family because marathoning is hard and taking time out of your day to train all those hours, you know, plus my husband being a marathoner, you know, we were both squeezing in time where we could. It was just, uh, it was just like this weight had been lifted off. There was, uh, there was another side of it though, where I felt that I wasn't really worthy of, of being accepted because I, I, I didn't really qualify um and it was a challenge and a struggle that that i dealt with internally i had a lot of support from my community um most people were pretty accepting um but it was it was difficult because it wasn't the open standard even though i was only 2 minutes off of the open standard um and i deal with a disability and and a disease that not that nobody else does but that not a lot of other marathoners do um, so I'm, I'm proud of my accomplishments. I, um, I trained hard. Uh, I remember it was December 17th, 2019 is when my official plan started. I'm, uh, I was by that point I was on, uh, Hal Higdon. I was following his program. It worked well for me. I, it worked well for me. I stayed injury free for the cycle before that. And then Life started getting a little crazy at the beginning of the year. You started seeing and hearing more about cancellations. And then Tokyo, I think, was the first one that got cancelled. And after Tokyo was cancelled, I pretty much knew it was a foregone conclusion that Boston um, would get, uh, if not cancelled, postponed. So sure enough, it was postponed till September. Um, But... I'm pretty realistic. And I knew as, especially as things progressed, it, it wasn't happening. Like, I I was very realistic to know that Boston, September of 2020 was not happening. Um, so they made the, the call, uh, I don't even remember when they made the call, May, I think it was, I think it was around May that they made the call to do it virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, yeah, I I think it was May because I had, um, I had uh, a four week buffer. So I restarted my training program and then I restarted it again with four months to go with 18 weeks to go. Right, right. So I kind of started it three three times uh, to get to the start line. So I trained hard all summer um, and because of my disease, um, COVID really isolated our family um and we we saw no one no we had no visitors no family no no social circle no bubbles no we had the people within our house um I had lots of great outdoor distance visit with friends in the summer and um you know backyard chats which were good for the the mental health but I did all my training by myself My husband joined me on a a couple of the longer runs, but he's faster than I am. So we we don't train together. Um, So it it was hard. Um, And especially early COVID, sort of March, April, when the weather here was still yucky, um, I had changed to working from home, from at the office to working at home exclusively. I had extra time on my hands. So I wasn't commuting 45 to an hour every day one way. Um, I lunch hours was here. uh, Everything was teleconference. So nobody saw what I looked like. So I did a lot of training. I got up before work and I did strength training uh, videos. I would do my runs at lunchtime, um, did a lot of strength training. And and that's why I say I'm a reformed strength training person because I just saw the strength that I was building the running became easier I felt because I was stronger um and I I lost 15 pounds from the this march to to the race in September um and I, I I did not gain the COVID-19 I'm uh, I'm yeah, I'm actually now I'm thinking that the I, I'm almost at the COVID minus um, 19, which is I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, so I think that the combination of strength training, um, you know, dropping some some weight. And and what I said earlier is that I was cardio fit, like I was I was always very fit, but I was never strong. And that's, I think, why I was always injured. Um that The strength training really took it up a notch. I did the uh, the great virtual race across Tennessee this summer as well, so that kept my mileage up. Uh, that was the 1,000-kilometer uh, race across Tennessee that Lazarus Lake put on. I don't know if you've… I haven't heard of that. So um, look it up. It was, oh, it was… Uh, yeah, it started May 1st and finished August 31st, and you basically ran from the southwest corner of Tennessee – to the northeast corner of Tennessee, you you entered your mileage every day in uh, in a spreadsheet, and you got a beautiful medal for completing one thousand and twenty one kilometers in four months. Wow. Um, so that uh, I was a little competitive with myself, and I finished that in like eighty three days. So I uh, it uh, it helped um, it helped because I had had built up the strength uh, a little bit by that point. I continued that through the summer um, and and I vowed that you know even if Boston was going to be virtual I was you know come hell or high water I was going to do it because I wanted um, yes <laughs> I wanted my unicorn I, I waited for for five years for for a chance to get a unicorn and I was going to so I, I trained hard um and uh we were graced by a very very amazing um runner in our community who who sort of took on the role of race director there were eight of us in uh in my community that that ran the virtual that day and she planned an event that was second to none we had signs we had uh water stations um all with Covid protocols in place. We were all masked at the start. We were distanced because everybody sort of ran their own race. Um, so I, I was able to run my Boston virtual um, on a beautiful sunny um, afternoon in September. And uh, I, I had asked a friend to, to pace me and He's he's an amazing pacer. He's he's sort of semi professional pacer. He's done a lot um, in the past, and and he's he's a gem. And I'm forever grateful. Uh, he had a baby a couple of weeks prior to the virtual, so uh, not a lot of sleep with a newborn. Um, and I said, you know what? How about join me for the last twenty k? Like if you can do like the last twenty k, because that's when I normally blow up. Um, And where I let my mind get the better of me. Um, So that was the plan. Uh, I sort of gave him my strategy going in was that ideally I I wanted a PB because I hadn't PB'd since Toronto, since my very first marathon. Uh, So it was a long road of disappointing five years of trying and trying and trying and not getting there. Uh, and I trained hard all summer, lost some weight, did my strength training, uh, showed up at the start line, um, my usual nervous wreck, because I'm always um, nervous going into races, which is part of my, my mental struggles that I have. Um, I did my first 21K um, solo and was feeling phenomenal. And, and he said when he caught me at, the, at 21, he says, I wasn't expecting you for another nine minutes. So I was uh I was ahead of where I wanted to be. Um and then he paced me for the final twenty-one. And uh at one point I said, Okay, I need you to just take over pacing. I want to just not think, I want to just follow. I just want to just move my legs, move my arms, and I just wanna follow. And I was looking at my watch every now and then and uh I was like, if I'm doing my math right, I think I can PB today. Like I think that we're we're doing okay. And uh I said, can you do some math for me? So bless his soul. Uh he's he's mathing while we're running. <laughs> and mathing is hard in a marathon. When we're getting up there, it is hard. Uh and so we're like, yeah, we can totally PB today. Um and my so my PB again was 355 40 37 and I just wanted sub 355 um and i finished in uh 3:49:59 wow. so not only a pb but a pb by 5 minutes which for me was amazing but more so and i think really where where the determination and and the grit that i had leading up to that was had it been a real race and had i had that performance in a real race it it was a bq in the open category by over 5 minutes Wow! So I I just it was a it, I just felt redeemed that you know I had hit the open standard. You know, it's it's not official. It's not legit. I get that. Um, yeah. but had it been, I just feel like I would have had that that little ounce of redemption mm-hmm. of yeah, I really do deserve to be here. So
0: yeah, and you do you definitely do. I mean we're going to talk about some of these, uh, barriers that you had to overcome. I'm looking forward to talking about that, but just the fact that in a virtual race, you had a PB and not just any PB, not like a couple seconds you had, you smashed it, smashed it like six minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's just intense. Um, I, you know, and do you have anything that you can think of that was the um, reason because I know virtual is harder for most people like we don't have the adrenaline of race day we don't get that atmosphere um, do you think it came down to adding in that strength um, was it mindset where where were you at? what made that difference?
1: Uh, it was all of the above
0: uh, strength and and
1: dropping some racing weight for sure um, you know do you do you have to lose weight to race well absolutely not like. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. And that's not the message that I want to send. That morning, I have to say, I was very determined. And, and similar to my first, it was the first time where after the fact, I really felt that I had the same mindset as I did for my first, Mm -hmm. as I did that day, I was very determined to show up and do it. And, and I just didn't let my body say, no, you can't. And and I, it, a lot of it was mind over matter. A lot of it, too, was I had some great crowd support. We had um, water stations where I was never more than five kilometers away from friendly faces. Um, so I, I knew that, OK, I've only got a five kilometer stretch. And then I'll see so-and-so. And then another five kilometers. And I'll see more friendly faces. And, and I remember kind of... Flying around a corner, I had just hit twenty one one, and I had some friends uh, right at that spot. And I remember flying by, saying, oh, I just ran a one fifty one half," and it was it was just I was on cloud nine. Like I just felt like I was performing the way I had wanted to. I mean, I was worried about blowing up in the second half, but I had you know I it was it was it was. All of the factors came together on that day. The training worked, the mental worked, the support worked. And I was really determined uh, that nothing was going to get in my way that day. And that I was going to achieve for myself, for nobody else, but for myself. And and that, I think, is what made the difference.
0: A but lot of I, things uh, have to <laughs> come together on race day. And there's so much out of our control the only things we really can control are what we did up till race day and how we react to whatever is going on on race day. Um, Can we say excuse remover? Wendy has a full schedule of work, a daughter in competitive cheerleading, and an MS diagnosis that affects her energy. Yet she's still out there fighting for her goals every day and won't let anything take her out. She's fought injury and mental barriers, and she's come out victorious. And I love these kinds of stories. We had so much to talk about that I decided to split this interview into two parts. So stay tuned Thursday for the second portion and you don't wanna miss it because we dive deeper into her trials and the mindsets that she's had to break in order to reach her goals. The second part is super applicable and full of great advice and lessons she's learned along her own journey. We'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.